are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Psalm 23. There is no person in all the world who does not need the message of Psalm 23. No matter who it is, every person needs this word. The self-sufficient man may stop, but he still has need. The educated may say, this is beyond me, I don't have need of this, but he still has need. The rich and the poor, the young and the old, all need the stirring and comforting thought of Psalm 23. The psalmist for the lonely, for the sorrowful, for the persecuted, for the sick, but also for the well and for the courageous, it is for everyone. This psalm written by David, the sweet singer of Israel, and yet at the same time, a man who was used of God so mightily to write many beautiful things, and this is one of those beautiful laws. His hand guided with the hand of God to give us these words. I've known hours of such uncertainty that I did not know where to turn the word of God. But when I turned to Psalm 23, I seemed to find just what I needed for that special time. Consider what David has to say. First of all, the one to know, the one to know, the Lord is my shepherd. David knew the Lord. He recommends that all men come to know him, for in the Lord is salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In the Lord is assurance in a world of conflict and complex events. Here's the assurance that God wants us to have. My sheep hear my voice, and I will know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. John 10, verse 27 and 28. In the Lord is peace. He said, My peace I give unto you. Deep abiding peace found in our Lord. Now can the world give assurance and salvation peace? Never. Money, position, friends, attainment cannot bring peace. And David makes this confession. He said, The Lord is my shepherd. David records his contemplation. He said, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He voices his conviction. He said, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley, I'm walking. I'm going through, not running, but walking, and walking through the valley, the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they cover me. So first of all, the person, and you told about the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. Then secondly, David points out the place to be. The place to be is near to the shepherd, near. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not walk. You see, some sheep like to stray away. They like to run off into forbidden paths, and they like to get away for their own benefit of satisfying their their own desire for pleasure, their selfish interests and instincts. But this is not right. The Lord is my shepherd. He's near. He's near at hand. He's near. The wise sheep stay near the shepherd. Now why? First of all, this is a place of safety. Near the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Dr. Guthrie was a great preacher of years gone by. He said he was conscious one morning that there was a member of his church he should call upon, and the thought came to him, she needs me, and I must go to see her. He said he started down the street in somewhat of a hurry to get to the home of this dear lady who was getting up in years, had been sick and paralyzed, and he wanted to see her and see if he could help her. And as one of his way, a friend stopped him, and the friend said, I want to talk to you for a while. And Dr. Guthrie said, sir, I don't have the time. I must get on the way. 
And so he pushed open the side, went on. Went to the house, knocked on the door, uh, no answer. He pushed it open and walked inside. And as he stepped inside, a little lady was lying in the bed over to one side of the room. And here was the fireplace. And from the fireplace, the fire had rolled out upon the floor and was burning the carpet on the floor and the floor beneath. And uh, he came in just in time to put out the flames and to push the fire out of the way and back into safety and then to turn to this dear mother. And as he turned to this mother, helpless, could not move from the bed at all, she said this to him, said, I asked the Lord to send someone, and I knew he would do it. Oh, the assurance, and this is the assurance that he gives to us, how blessed to rest in the Lord, how good it is to have faith in him when there is danger and threat and trouble. Then again, here's the place of supply. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Near to the shepherd, I shall not want. This world cannot satisfy. But with him there is no lack of temporal things. He feeds the ravens, he causes the lilies to grow. He's with us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I must emphasize this again and again. My friend, first of all, you must know Christ. You must know Christ is your Savior. You must know God and promises of God given to us in the Word of God. You must know that God has given us His Word. If you will faithfully do as I say, I will take care of all of your needs. That refers to the matter of tithing also. If as a child of God you will faithfully tithe, then God will see that you have all your needs. It matters not about conditions around you. It matters not what may happen in the world. It matters not what your salary may be. If you are faithful in doing the thing that God has commanded you, then God will provide and you never fails. God gives us all these, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. An evangelist was taking a trip and uh, a good friend of his, a very wealthy man, came to him and said, Sir, I want to help you. I want this to be a happy trip for you. So I've endorsed some checks. I have not filled them out, but I've endorsed the checks. They're yours. I want you to fill out whatever you need from place to place as you go. If you'll do this, please, for me. And I want you to have a happy time. And gave him the checks. The evangelist went on his way. And as he went into various parts of the country and would visit with the people, he made mention of his friend. And the friend who had given him the checks that he could have and just uh, fill out and use the money as he wanted to. Now that is a beautiful story, but my friend, every one of you has a friend, the Lord Jesus Christ. The friend who has promised to supply all of our needs. He's given us the check that we can fill out. He has signed it already. And he said, this is my promise to you. And you have exceeding great and precious promises upon which you can rest. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. Now again, here's the place of courage. Look at verse 5. Thou prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Here's the promise and the place of courage for every one of us. Uh, courage in the face of enemies. God's table of blessing is before us with enemies all around. Now we'll have them. All who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And if you're a child of God, you will have your days of heartache. If you're a Christian, you will have some time of suffering. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior and stand for him courageously, you will have some folks oppose you and they'll be there. And so here's a place of courage. And you can come and say, I'm here and the Lord is with me and he will provide for my needs. Again, here's a place of sweet fellowship. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now that's fellowship. Goodness and mercy following with you day by day. Verse 6. In John 10 you find the marks of, of, of the sheep of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said they know the shepherd. They know his voice. They hear him calling them a name. They love him. They trust him. And they follow him. These are some things that come from those who are resting in him. And here's the place of sweet fellowship for the child of God day by day. 
I read this statement written years ago and given years ago by Florence Nightingale, a name that all of you know. And I thought it was so beautiful, the last part of it especially. She said, if I could give you information of my life, it would be to show how a woman of very ordinary ability has been led by God in strange and unaccustomed paths to do his service, what he has done in her. Now, then she concluded with saying, and if I could tell you all, you would see how God has done all and I have done nothing. I worked hard, very hard, that's all, and I've never refused God anything. Now, I'm just going back. I have never refused God anything. That's the sweet part of it all. And that's where the blessing comes. That's where the fellowship comes. And this is what you can have, sweet fellowship. I have never refused God anything. God wants your life. He wants your talents. He wants your money. He wants all that you have. And if you'll give to him all that he's asking of you, then God's blessing will be yours and the fellowship of the Lord will be yours also. Now we come to the third thing about this, the land to be reached. Look what he says in verse 6. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The land to be reached. No housing problem. Uh, no high rent. No excessive light and water bills. Huh? And he said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord. In the fear of the Lord there is, in the presence of the Lord there is no fear. When you are in his presence and living in his presence, heaven is our home. Through faith in Christ, nothing can stop us from reaching that place called heaven. Now the psalmist had confidence. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Death, man's great enemy. Death, the child against whom no mortal has ever been able to stand. Death. And his touch the strongest to come. His icy breath lays men powerless. Mighty kings and dictators fall before him. Yet David said, I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid. I will not fear him nor any evil that he can work. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. Now I want you to see these things that come to us from the word of God. Very beautiful things expressed to us by the psalmist David. Now notice he didn't say the Lord is my king. He didn't say the Lord is my father. He said the Lord is my shepherd. Now why? And what did he mean in this? What can we mean if we say the Lord is my shepherd? Number one, he's my shepherd because he bought me. He bought me. The Bible says, for you are bought with a price. The price was the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 19. He bought us. Salvation is mine. Salvation is mine through the shed blood of the Son of God. Salvation is mine because he bought me. I was a sinner, lost and undone. He died upon the cross. He gave himself that I might have life and might have it abundantly. Salvation not by works. It's not by church membership. It's not by good deeds. It's not by morality. Salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we feel we fail. I had a very shocking thing to happen just a couple of days ago. We had two young men that finished Tennessee double schools. I suppose that would be back six, seven years ago, maybe a little farther back. I don't know exactly how long. But these fellows finished the school. They turned away from the very thing we teach them in the Word of God and from our, stand from the platform of our school. They turned away from it. They turned away to the idea of salvation by works. They've written a book about it. The book has been sent to me. A pastor written me a letter. And the two of them. You say, how could this be, Brother Robertson? How could it be that men could turn away from this simple teaching that we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ? Well, it's, it's, not, it's not difficult. Men listen to the devil, listen to the devil's agents, and he comes and says to them, why, that's too simple, that's too easy. And if you're going to be saved, you've got to keep the law. 
you got to obey certain things. There's no other way. And they put, put it all out. Now they come back and say, oh yes, I love Jesus. They'll always say that. I love God. But they turn away from the simple fact that we're paid for by the shed blood of the Son of God and that our salvation is real when we exercise faith in Him and we're saved eternally and saved forever through simple faith in the Son of God. And this is tragic. Now you say, what about people like that? Are they ever saved? Have they been saved before? I do not know. That's in God's hands. I do know that sometimes even those who are saved will find themselves straying aside because they listen to some voices of the world. Some strange sound of devious things that may come to them. And they say, well, that sounds good to me. And also they sometimes fail in following Jesus and serving him and finding a place of service. And to satisfy their ego, they turn another way. You see, somebody offers them something. When they fail in this, in the course of serving Christ, maybe they're thought they're failing. But he's my shepherd because he bought me. You're born with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are the Lord's. Glorify God. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin left the crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. He paid for me. Secondly, he's my shepherd because he guides me. My shepherd. This is the shepherd's work. He seeks out the best places to feed the sheep. He guides with his word and with his spirit. This is his way. He guides every one of us. He's my shepherd. That lady calls on the telephone almost every day, and I'm glad she does. I hope she never stops. But she has this to say, I want you to pray for my husband when he finishes school that he might find a place of service, be in a place where God can use him. Now, there's nothing wrong with what she's saying. It's good. It's all right. The only thing that I want the dear one to know is this simple fact. That if she is submissive and her husband is submissive to the will of God, he will die. This is his promise. He'll show you exactly where you're to be, and he'll guide you step by step. And this means to be submissive to the Lord. This means to be surrendered to his call in every way. He's the shepherd, and he guides us. He wants to guide us. We're just as a sheep that must have a guide. Someone to lead us along and direct us in the way. And that's exactly what David is saying in this beautiful psalm. He guides us. The late Dr. Reveal, as you've heard me mention before, had a way of saying things. And one of his favorite sayings to this, be flexible in the power of the Holy Spirit. He said it 10,000 times or more. I've heard him say it over and over again. He said, this is the way to be successful. Be flexible in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and direct you and show you what to do. But be flexible. Then he goes on with on to say that some people are stubborn and willful and refuse to let God direct them. But be flexible. Here was Dr. Revealed with a crippled body. He couldn't walk without the aid of a crutch and a cane. His body was twisted and was torn and paralyzed, and had been for many, many years, heading up a big rescue mission, Evansville, Indiana, and a noble man. And yet all through his life, and when I was with him uh, 15 times and more, but I was in the place for services in the mission. Dr. Fred Brown had been there 25, 30 times in the years gone by, and always the same way, always resting, always smiling, always rejoicing, and always saying, God will guide and God will supply. I have faith in God. And God did for all a life, a lifetime. And what a beautiful way to die. It was morning time. His wife got up went to the kitchen, prepared the breakfast, and got ready. She called out in a good, strong voice, and she had a nice voice. And she called out, husband's ready. Uh, come, breakfast is ready. Dr. Revere was lying back in the bed shaving. Had his electric razor. Shaving, triple man. He'd lie in the bed and shave in the morning. 
And he, she heard the razor noise. She heard him singing. And she kept calling. A little while, the singing stopped. The razor kept on going. And she said, I guess he just forgot. Maybe turned over, gone to sleep, and stepped back. Yes, he had gone to sleep. He was with the Lord. Absent from the body and present with the Lord. How beautiful, how beautiful. Wait a minute. The good shepherd, the shepherd guides us along step by step. I was up in Evansville the other day in a, in a service and the rescue have a beautiful mission now. And when I stood to preach, I saw Ms. Reveal sitting out there. Dr. Reveal's been gone now for some time. She was there. I said, Ms. Reveal, would you stand up? And she did. She stood up and said this. She said, Brother Robertson, I want to thank God for your blessings. I'm 91. I'm still praising God. 91 years of age, she sat down. Ms. Reveal died just a few days ago. Past 91, almost 92 years of age, slipped out the view of God. The Lord is my shepherd. The shepherd, the shepherd will guide us and he will guide us in the way that he wants it. He'll be submissive and defectible so he can guide you. Number three, he's my shepherd and will provide for me. He's my shepherd and will provide for me. He provides a way of access into his presence. He said that he shall ask anything in my name, come and pray about your needs. Bring them all before me. I'll take care of all of your needs. He provides a way of access into the presence of the Father. Again, he provides opportunities of service. He'll open the door for you. He'll put you in the place where he wants you to serve him. This is his way. He's the shepherd. He will direct you into that place where you can do your best work for him. One time in my life, and this has been such a glorious life of living for Christ and serving him, but one time I was on the shelf. For a number of months, I was on the shelf. But it was my fault. I was out of his will. I refused to go the way that he had uh, arranged for me to go. The way that I should have gone. I turned aside for selfish reasons to something else. And because of that, I was placed on the shelf. And for a number of anxious months, I waited upon God to solve the problem and open up some doors of service and opportunity. And he did open them. And I never had a single day since the day that I returned to the place of service under the guidance of God that he hasn't provided something for me to do every single hour almost of all of that time. He's never failed. Now wait, he provides opportunities of service. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want again. He provides me a home in heaven. He said, I go to bear a place for you, and that place is being made ready. And this is what David was saying, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's heaven. That's heaven. I stood yesterday at a funeral service, as we have them almost every week, and some of us will be conducting these services. And here was the body of a little mother that I've been to see in the hospital over and over again. And here was a family seated here, a sister and her two sons, and the grandchildren, great-grandchildren, all of them were there. And they were in tears, some of them. And I said to them, as I've said to audiences and groups of people everywhere, and God shall wipe all tears from your eyes. There shall be no more death, neither shall nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now, this is what he's done. He's provided us a home, a home in heaven. And this is what we should rejoice about today. And praise God that this is ours. Through faith in Jesus Christ, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. A wealthy man stood with a friend of his upon the top portion of his house. Had a special type of porch built up there. And as he stood there, he pointed out, he said, this is mine, this building over here. He said, this is mine, this farm on this direction. And he looked all around and pointed out what he had all the way around, everywhere. 
And after a while, he said, you have a lot, sir, but I know someone has more than you have. His friend said, there's a lady lives in the village down the road. He said, you see it in the distance, way off there? Yes. There's a lady lives there, and she has more than you have. And she can say more than you can say about all you've said. You said, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. And the rich man said, what can she say? She can say, Christ is mine. And when he said that, the big rich man bowed his head because he was not saved. He knew not the Savior. He had no assurance of salvation and no riches given him by the blessed Lord. Can you say it this morning, Christ is mine? Can you say today, I know that Jesus Christ is my Savior. I'm resting wholly and completely in Him. He's mine. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall have walked. Whatever circumstances of life may come upon you, whatever age may bring to you, whatever suffering of body may be yours, whatever loneliness of life may be yours, and this is a lonely world. I said the funeral service on yesterday, I'd just been a few hours before into one of the rest homes. And I know there are great places for our loved ones, I could eat many of them, but sometimes they look so lonely. And I went into one room where there were six or eight people sitting in wheelchairs, and I guess waiting for the meal to be served. And one of them began motioning to me in a very beautiful and pitiful way. And I went over to her and she said, Sir, she said, please help me. I want to go home. I said, where do you want to go? And she mentioned where she wanted to go. She wanted, she thought about her home here. I want to go home. Well, I said, that'll be worked out for you. I said, you be patient, wait upon the Lord. And he'll work it all out. Just have faith in God. And she said, yes, I'm doing that. I'm having faith in God. But my dear friend, that's for all of us. No matter what today may be or what tomorrow might be, it matters not. We rest in him. We have faith in him. We know that he supplies and he directs. When he's our shepherd. Can you say this morning with the little lady of the small village, Christ is mine. Can you testify today that you have put your faith and your trust in the Son of God. And that Christ is all you have need of. And he'll supply today and tomorrow and forever by your simple faith in him. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org. A ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.